as, as we were busy worshiping, I, I saw this vision. Um, I wanted to preach on something completely different, but I, I feel the Holy Spirit wants us to go in a very, very specific direction tonight. And I, and I believe that at the end of this night that the Holy Spirit will um, not only convict people, but that there will be big, big shifts that happens and takes place in our lives. The hour is, is very late in the Spirit. And if we, if we don't know the hour is late, I, I want to announce that the hour is late in the Spirit. We are in a late hour. And what I mean by a late hour, we, we are in a late hour. Um, this is a very late hour in the Spirit. And I, over the last couple of weeks, you would have, you would have felt an intensity of the Spirit of the Lord. Come on, who of you, who of you have felt that over the last weeks? Just show me your hands. So you, what you have experiencing is an intensity of, of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is, has been busy doing. He has been intensifying His call unto us because it's the deep that cries unto the deep. Um, and I think all of us are experiencing it. I'm definitely experiencing it. And, and I, I feel that there's a deep call from the Lord more than ever. And, you know, it's sometimes we sing songs like Jesus be the center, but quite honestly, he doesn't want to be the center. He wants to have all of it. He's not a God that has died so that he can be the center. He's a God so that you can have that he wants the crust as well. Can I say that again? He didn't die for the center. He died for everything. He died so that you can give your life to him and he gives his life to you. That is the exchange. And as I, I saw vision, and this was the vision that I saw in the vision, I saw thousands and thousands of people. And as these thousands and thousands, there was hundreds of thousands of people that, and, and I, saw a, I saw a road, and I saw to the left or to the right of this road, I saw a cliff and how the people get close to the door. And I saw the door that was ahead of them was small, and this door was full of blood. And as I looked upon in the vision, I saw people coming close to this door and then falling off to the wayside and falling down this cliff. And I saw only a few people going through the door. And as they go through the door, they get stained by the blood of the door. Or in other words, they get smeared by the blood of the door. And as I was looking into the vision, the Lord said these words to me. He says, this is the hour that many will believe that they have followed my name. But the hour will come. It will be like as if going through a small narrow door and only a few will be saved. We have to know Jesus says that narrow is the gate. Narrow is the gate. The standard for eternal life is Jesus. I'll say it again. The standard of eternal life is Jesus. And the Jesus that is the standard of eternal life is not a Jesus that we can shape in our image. It is a Jesus whose image we need to be shaped in. And as I found that over this period of time, because I've been challenged more and more to facilitate a greater amount of the Spirit of the Lord in my own life. Because the more that I have of the Lord, I believe remains an invitation from the Father to see, am I faithful on the level that He gives me of Himself? Will I receive the glory of myself or will I reflect the glory? You see, because never touch the glory. When you touch the glory, that is the quickest way that you'll find yourself outside of the house. God will, God will tolerate nobody touching the glory. 
Are you guys, are you with me? And as I was seeing this, I, and I, I wanted to say this tonight, we have to know that the Spirit of the Lord rests upon something that is in you and very important to the Lord, and that's your heart. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon the condition of our hearts. In other words, the condition of my heart can attract the Lord or it can repel the Lord, right? King David was a man so much after the heart of God that the Bible says that even 300 years after his death, God still was looking for people to bless because of David. And so for me, my life's aim has to be how close can I come? How much can I carry of Him so that we may ignite as many people possible to serve Him, not in deed, but in heart, truly. And so my pursuit of Him has been that, Lord, I want to get closer. But the more we get closer to Him, the more I understand that the challenge that comes back is, how's your heart doing? Are you well? And I, and I find that, that Jesus welcomes sinners, but He leaves nobody sinning. Can I say that again? Jesus welcomes sinners. He, he welcomes you in every type of attitude, in every type of, of way that, that it might be, but He never leaves you sinning when you depart from Him. In other words, whenever we meet with the Lord, the way we leave must be different from the way we came. Otherwise, we didn't encounter the Lord, we encountered religion. And as I was looking into this, the Lord started to speak to me this afternoon. He, he started to speak to me out of Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 1 to 6. And I'm going to read for you out of the NLT translation. Um, and, I, and I want to show you one or two things. Jesus says this, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with His disciples to Nazareth, His hometown. And the next Sabbath... The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished and they asked. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary. Listen to what they say. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here amongst us. And listen to this. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in Him. That's God that they're talking about. Verse number four. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own family. And because, listen to them, and because of their unbelief, He couldn't do mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. That's quite a statement for God to be amazed. God is amazed. He's in awe of their unbelief. And then Jesus went out from their village to village teaching. And as I read this, the Lord started to speak to me and I, and I want to deal with it tonight, is that the Lord started to speak to me and say to me, see that I see your heart attitude can be either one of belief or one of disbelief, right? But I want you to see something here. 
offense towards people is disbelief towards God. It's right what it says here in the Bible. And, and the scriptures that I, I need to share with you tonight is that it's, it's difficult scriptures because when we speak about topics like this, it cuts down to the very, very depth of the flesh of a man. You see, many of us want to follow the Lord, but with the comfort of our flesh intact. Okay, not a lot of amens for that. Many of us want to follow the Lord, but we want to do it with our flesh intact. Let me say it like this. Many of us want to follow the Lord, but we want to stay in the realm of comfort. Whenever we, we accept the invitation to follow Him, that invitation is an invitation to death. It's not a, it doesn't look nice, but it is the true invitation. So when Jesus makes the invitation, come and follow me, that means you're going to lay down all to follow Him. Are you guys okay? Is everybody with me? The true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ looks like a cross and it does look like sacrifice, but the reward is an eternity with Him. I want to say it better. The reward of a flesh that has died is heaven here. In other words, your pursuit to see heaven here has to be the motivation of why you want to die to self is because the more you can die to yourself, the more Christ can live in you, through you, and upon you for not just the benefit of you, but the benefit of everybody that's around you. Are you there? So the Holy Spirit's greatest problem is not to cast our devils. The Holy Spirit's greatest task, I believe, is to get Christians to die to themselves. And Jesus says in this hour, He says it in Matthew chapter number 24, and He says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And then He says something. He says, and because of this, many shall be offended. Offense means that I have distanced myself from the source. Because those that have the robe of the lowly cannot be offended. Can I say that uh, just again? I want us to understand that. If we are to be servants in the house of the Lord, it means it is impossible. Well, let me rather say it like this. A servant is a low position. Right? Let me say this. If we do not believe we are servants of, of the Lord, then we would like to act as entitled people. And entitlement means that I must receive something or I have to get something because I have done something. Our nation is gripped with a spirit of entitlement. Christians are gripped with a spirit of entitlement. They are gripped with it because they believe they're entitled for something. Listen, let me say it like this to you. If, if I would have received, I'm thankful for the journey that the Lord has taken me through because I needed to die many deaths in silent behind closed quarters, Shannon and myself, but it was necessary so that God can trust me of more. So the more I can die in close quarters, the more He can trust me publicly. 
but what I what you see publicly is a crushing privately so I have to be crushed privately and if I'm crushed privately it's easy for me to advance other people because as Christians our job is to promote the purpose in other people well how do I know because the Bible says each part feeds the other part or let me use Paul's words each joint supplies the other joint in other words the shoulder supplies the elbow the elbow supplies the hand the hand supplies something everything is a supply and the Lord said this to me that in many people's hearts please listen to me I want to help you that Satan is very very effective in building cases against other people and what the devil does, he sells a suggestive thought, an assumption and an idea about a fellow brother and sister. And I'm telling you as a prophet tonight that one of the greatest spirits that's been loosened in this final, uh, in this last hour is a spirit of division. Because whatever is divided cannot have power. So Satan cannot care. Listen to me carefully. He's very strategic. He does not mind you're singing the songs. He does mind if you come together with one heart, with one voice, with one attitude, because then he understands suddenly you are mimicking the Trinity. And whatever is in agreement in heaven and on earth, if that prayer is prayed, it's answered. Because heaven is always in agreement. It is the sons of men that must come into agreement. And so what the devil will often do, he will build a case. And Jesus said to me this afternoon, the Lord said to me, I didn't build a case, I grew a tree. I could have built a case against all of humanity. And he would have been right. Jesus would have been right by condemning the world. Come on, are you guys okay? He could have built a massive case, but he... He did not build the case. You know why he did not build the case? Look at Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. In other words, even though I have a position, it does not mean I'm entitled, please listen to me, I'm entitled to exercise lordship over nobody. Because my position has been a gift from the Lord and the one that gave the gift can revoke the gift. The danger is, please listen to me, the danger is that we, as the scripture says, that the gifts and the call is irrevocable. Now what happens in many cases is that, and, and listen, I'm, I'm talking to myself as well, and this sermon I'm preaching under, under unction from the Spirit because that's what He wanted me to preach on tonight is that we have, to, we have to understand that if I'm called by the Lord, the danger is if you're called by the Lord, it means that you're operating under delegated authority. That means you are representing somebody. Are you okay? And the heart that we must represent to the world is a heart of compassion, deep love and full of power. We have to be able to heal the sick, to cast our devils. And when we can't, we shouldn't 
park our lives at a place of criticism of why we can't, it should be seen as a place of an invitation to greater intimacy so that we can conquer more. Because whenever I pray, please listen to me, please, whenever I pray and I don't understand that I'm a son and a daughter, I will pray a prayer of need and not a prayer of authority. When I'm a son and a daughter, I don't beg God. I am speaking to my father out of understanding who he is and who I am. And when I don't, it is my responsibility to move my heart with the Holy Spirit until I come to a place of faith so that I can pray in authority. So please listen, the contest is never, the contest is never what is the devil doing? The contest is, is what is the Holy Spirit doing and what are you doing with what the Holy Spirit is busy doing? Are you guys okay? So it is not about the enemy's agenda. It's about the Lord's agenda and us following the Lord. And so the Lord said to me this afternoon, He said to me as I, as I was seeing, seeing this vision, the, there was one other vision that I'll share just now with you, that it is, I want us to understand this because I believe that the Lord wants the Lord wants to perform heart surgery so that your heart can be whole and well. And I want to put out one or two points for you. I want you to note that only a person that is alive can be offended. All of us must learn on just that statement. Secondly, I want to say that offenses will come, but to become offended is a choice. Some children of the Lord are offended with Himself, with the Lord. Because they believe, listen, they believe that they have done something and the Lord must respond. And sometimes He does not respond because He did not create us to do. He created us to be. And therefore, we can do. Like I'll lay hands a little bit later if the Lord permits. But I, I want us to understand that it is a shift that must come in our own hearts because an offended heart is a destiny conquered. Oh, come on, are you guys okay? I have found that I, and I'm talking much to myself as well because we need to, we need to be wary of this. It is... May, may I be as bold as, as to say this, and, and the guys that are online tag people into the stream, I, I want people to hear the, this message and they need to hear it well. In this late hour that we are in, in an eternal perspective, what does it matter what other people do or don't do? Are you guys okay? In the view of eternity, in the view of eternity, with life as a dress rehearsal. This life is a dress rehearsal. We will spend 80 to 120 years here. It is a dress rehearsal. After this, we'll go to be of Him and we're going to serve Him. We will be servants of the Lord forever. My question to you is, in view of eternity, 
Is it, let me rather say it like this. In view of eternity, if you keep your eyes on eternity, it is impossible to become offended. I almost want to say, if you keep eternity in mind, you will not be bothered by the small dogs barking. Because there's more important things. Come on guys, are, are, you, are you there? Are you with me? And so what, what the devil has done, please listen to me carefully, is Satan is offended. Because he's an orphan. He's been casted out. Why has he been casted out? Because he wanted to have a position that was not assigned to him. And because he wanted the position that was not assigned to him, he said in his own heart, please note that, he said in his own heart, in his own heart, and what's magnificent for me about the Father is this, the Father must have known about the inner dialogue of Satan. Yet the Lord does not intervene with the inner dialogue that's in Lucifer's heart. Lucifer has to decide, but he decides and he says, I will, and he, he goes down that language. And then the Lord says, no, out. This is no longer your home. You have to leave now. May I say this, is that I find that offended people are, are sensitive people. They're sensitive, they, they, they say, please speak to me, but they don't, don't mean that. I know it's not you tonight. But often, offended people are very touchy. Are you there? And because the Greek word for offense is the Greek word scandalizo, it means, and the word scandalizo means to be bait, to be trapped like a hook. An offended heart, please listen to me, offended hearts have got clear signs. An offended heart has always a pointing finger. A pointing finger cannot be a receiving hand. Because I have not received the authority from above to judge what he had compassion on. I can tell you after serving the Lord for 18 years and growing in leadership and the closer I get into the more people that follow me, I can tell you seniority births compassion. The closer I get to the Lord, the more compassion is birthed inside of me. The smaller I am in the Lord, the more I get stuck with what He says, she says, how they say it, how they look at me, how they don't look at me, what they do, what they don't do. But when I'm close to the Lord, those are not the questions. It's not important. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. If my eyes is fixed upon the Lord, it is impossible for my eyes to be fixed upon somebody else. Are you guys with me? But I want you to see what Jesus said here in the book of Mark. Jesus says these people are offended with who He is. They are offended with God. And Jesus says this offense, I call it disbelief. In other words, God 
you, you must understand how he works. God often packages your breakthrough in a container that you would not have chosen for yourself. Because often our breakthrough comes of a heart of humility. Oh, I'm preaching good. I'm teasing, by the way. Humility is needed for breakthrough to come. Humility is an invitation for the Spirit of grace to rest. Arrogance is a disposition that makes him leave. But humility is honored in the kingdom because the Lord was humble. Are you there? Let me say it like this. In many people's lives, it is the same case, but with a different face. It is the same case with a different face. And I promise you this. If we don't win the case, God will set us up with another face. And we will go through it again and again and again and again. In my 17 years of, of ministry, there's many people that don't like me. And I, and I couldn't really care. I cared in the beginning, but now I really don't care because I'm not an ice cream. I know I'm not everybody's flavor. And it's okay by me. Because I didn't call me, He called me. Are you guys there? I'm not saying that to be weird. I'm, I'm saying for you to understand that I've, I've seen so many people over the years, even of my mom and my dad, that found their heart offended at a style, at, an, at a mechanism, at a small thing. And I cannot think about one of them that are still serving the Lord. Not one. Not one. I remember many, many years ago, many years ago, my dad was a very humble person. Many, many, many years ago, I, I remember it. I remember how he, he would go around in a circle. He'll wash the people's feet. He'll wash his leader's feet as a sign of humility. He was not, he was not, he was, it wasn't for my problem to, to, to lower himself because he wanted more of the Lord. But I remember even with the act of humility, still many people left him. Said, listen, we don't, we don't agree with where you are going. Now, the problem is this. The, the Bible records this following statement. The Bible says this. Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Because in Moses is a prophet that the Lord has placed. And so what the Lord is saying in the direct Hebrew there, it says, were you not afraid to touch me in Moses? Are you okay? And I'll say it again. Often our breakthrough is wrapped in someone else because each joint supplies to the other joint. And you have to have the humility to understand your interdependence in the body of Christ because none are called to be an individual. Everybody is called to be a family. You need your brother. You need your sister. Without them, you're going nowhere. 
You're going home, you're going to the movies, but you're not going to have the kingdom of God upon your life. For you to be successful does not quantify that you are in the kingdom. It's true. I said to Shannon, I cannot even comb my hair without the Spirit of the Lord. And I have a lot of hair to go. Let, let me say it like this. If I got entitled and say, I received this and whatever else because of my dad, now I must have received this. That would have disqualified my heart immediately. No, I have nothing because of Him. The Lord makes His choices. And I needed to fight my own fights. All of you here, and everybody watching online, we don't have a choice. We have to go the Master's route. And the Master's route looks like a cross. You will die to yourself. You say, Lord, I don't want to die. I want to have that happy life. I'm sorry, that's not Christianity. It's because that message has gone out so much that we find Christians when they reach real battles that they become despondent. They don't know what to do because we've taught them if you clap your hands seven times and if you shout hallelujah eight times, then the Lord will come through for you. I'm telling you, there's a side of Christianity that will press you and press you and press you until you cannot be pressed no more and you feel like death is closer to you. I tell you, if you have experienced what I've just said to you now, there's a side where the Lord will crush you and the reason why He'll crush you is because He wants oil out of you and He wants wine out of you. Why would He wants wine out of you? Why does He want oil out of you? Because He's trusting you that you have the character to stand with the Lord and He's trusting you that you can make it. And we can maybe say, but Lord, why me? Why, why me? The question is why not? I also struggle with that question, why me, Lord? Why me? And many of you are struggling with that question, why, why me? But maybe let's reverse it, why not you? Can it not be that you are carrying the goods that the Lord believes so much in you that He believes you can rise? That he believes that you, like Job, you can be pressed on every side, yet you do not blame the Lord your God. You know, Judas made a hectic mistake. What amazes me about Judas is, Judas was in the company of Jesus. Here he didn't change. Meaning, the right atmosphere does not necessitate that your heart shifts. He's in the company of Jesus. He's with the 12, he's, he's in, he made it. You know when you were in school and they, they read your names? Judas were like that, he made it, Iscariot. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. He was in. Yet it doesn't change. He's with the Lord for three and a half years, yet he does never changes. That tells you how strong your will is. In the company of God, 
yet never shifts. Are you with me? And the scripture foretells us, and I'll just quote the scripture for you briefly. Oh, I can feel how the Holy Spirit is cutting. Listen to Judas. A lady comes in. She is desperate. She's making a transaction of Jesus. She, she comes at the stable. She's, she's tired. She's weary. She's broken. And the Bible records us in, in John 12 first. She comes in because she's at a place where she's, she's run out of answers. She doesn't have the answer anymore. She doesn't know what type of perfume to use anymore because inside she's just empty. Are you guys with me? And then eventually she, she, she becomes brave. She says, I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm going to make it to Him. And she walks right into the Lord and she breaks that alabaster jar. And Judas doesn't celebrate the wholeness. Judas judges the moment. Judas says these words, could this money not have been sold to the poor? And Jesus answers, He says, you will always have the poor amongst you. He says, but what this woman have done has been for my burial and her story will be told forevermore. In other words, Jesus places a broken worshiper in the story of the gospel forever. Simon is never mentioned again. The judge is never mentioned again. Even though he's right. Judas is never mentioned again. His story ends of his offense. Yo. I like what the Lord said to me this afternoon. He was despising a worshiper and he forgot his heart. His offense killed his potential. And Judas hanged by what he could not control. I'll say it again. Judas hanged by what he could not control. Think about it. You see Jesus time and time again. He stands on a cliff. He says, it's not my time. He pushes through. You see, Jesus, time and time again, they want to arrest him. He just sneaks out. They don't get it right. Then Judas is arrogant in his own heart. He starts to take a little bit out of that purse for himself. And eventually, he's just seeing Jesus as a rabbi. He's no longer Lord. In other words, he goes to church, but he doesn't serve the Lord, really. You guys Okay does the right things on the outside, but inside, it's not worth the Lord. And so somewhere in his calculations, he must have thought, it's going to be like all the other times. I'm going to sell the Lord, and the Lord is just going to make His way out again. And so he makes this deal with the Jewish priests of the time, because they hated Jesus. And he says, give me 30 pieces of, of, of silver for God. I'll sell you God for 30 pieces. He gets his 30 pieces. He balances his books. But he loses the Lord. And 
now he's leading a group of people in John 18 as the, a lead a group of the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, officers of Pharisees. He leads a Roman cohort into the garden to receive Jesus. And he must have been thinking to himself, even now Jesus is going to display his power. And then Jesus does display his power. He says, who are you looking for? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. The original translation, ego eimi. The same words that was used for Moses. I am that I am. I'm the existing one. I'm the covenant keeping one. I am the Adonai. I am the Elohim. He was quoting directly who he is. And at the quote of who he is, the Bible says power leaves the Lord. Right? And all of these Roman cohort, they fall on their back. And there they lay. And Judas must have thought, Jesus is going to move out of this thing again. But then suddenly the Lord does not. Because His hour came. And He gives His hands and they arrest Him. And they lead Him away like a sheep to slaughter, the Bible says. And Judas realizes his mistake. And the Bible records for us, he takes the 30 pieces of silver and he gives it back. Right? And then as an act of remorse, our Bible says he repented. And he goes and he hangs himself. But Jesus says, quoting to the Father, later on, Jesus says, Father, I have kept all that you gave me, except the son of perdition. In other words, the one that was lost. I want you to see what, the, what Jesus is doing. Jesus is reporting back on all. He's not just reporting back on the eleven. He's reporting back on all that the Father has given him. And he says, Father, I have kept all that you have given me except the one. And I want to change a bit of your view on this because I, 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 I've seen the Lord's heart on this. I don't think this was a rejoice moment for Jesus. I think Jesus loved Judas. But Judas got hanged by what he couldn't control. He couldn't control his offense and it hanged him. Peter denied the Lord, yet came back to the Lord. Are you guys with me? Is this making sense to you? And so the cutting that I, I pray happens tonight in our, in our own hearts is this. How do you resist being offended then? Because offense, please listen to me, will, will grow to bitterness. Bitterness will grow to rage. Rage will grow to hatred. And hatred will grow to a place of death. Yes, Lord. At the heart of man, and at the heart of every man, I believe, 
is the is the desire to be used by God, right? Often why the Lord cannot use us to the extent that we want is because there's too many people we're carrying around in our hearts that we should have loved instead of judged. Because if you can love better, then you can lead better. And I want to say it like this. If your compassion is as great as your judgment, much more people will turn to Jesus and not away from Him. Come on church. Give the Lord five seconds of praise. Are you, are you there? See, you know what seconds, I don't know if I can use that word. But I'm very tired of. Very tired. It's people that are making a mockery of the Lord. They want the glory. And Jesus never, never modeled that to us. He was a reflector. He said, I came to do what the Father gave me to do. I can do nothing unless He says it. I can say nothing. I can be nothing. I can do unless he's, he's doing it. Are you guys with me? Or what are what are we seeing? Please listen to me. And, I, and I'm not I'm not hitting no particular person. I I'm talking for myself now. And I I'll, I'll say that the thing that I must monitor myself the whole time, because your 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 social media platforms are ridden with this. is who's the greater. The problem is, we are cre the, that question is fake. Because true Christianity is lower still. It's a low position. It's a low position. It's a one of a long servant style. And to be quite honest, it is too late an hour to still have an offended heart. People are dying and literally going to hell. And what the enemy is so successful in is keeping Christian brothers and sisters busy with one another. Can we please stop that? And can we focus on the mission? The mission is still go into all the world and preach this gospel. Here in this crowd says very talented people. Your talent without the spirit means nothing. My auditory gift or, or whatever talents I have means nothing unless it's dipped in oil. 
And what I found out more and more, the closer I get to Jesus, the more and more I'm finding out so, so much that so, so much of what many do is not dipped in Jesus. It dips, it's dipped in, you, in flesh and, and other stuff, but it's not, it doesn't look like Him. And my heart aches for it. Because I, I'm saying, Lord, I, I want to lead churches that, that, that represent you well. That others may come and say, in this church I'm loved well. You know why I, I say that? I, I, don't, I don't say that just because we pay prices. And you don't need to know about those. No, it's, it's because He paid the ultimate price. And the ultimate price that He paid is one of staying as a man. He didn't take back His divinity. In other words, He's forever the God, man, man, God. Forever. He chose that state. God chose it. So that you and I can be saved. Are you guys with me? And so in two sentences, I'll, I'll tell you how the enemy works and then we get free. Most of the problem starts with a thought. And the thought that the enemy gives you is a thought against. Just by those two words already, you must know it's not God. It's not God operating. Because God is never against. God never creates a spirit of suspicion. God never creates a spirit of confusion. Are you there? And nobody here, not even me, know what is in the heart of somebody else. You don't know. Because you are not God and I'm not God. The problem is if many Christians assume they know what's going on in other people's hearts. You don't know. Come on guys, are you there? And because we assume we're already in the devil's quarters. Now he plays that game. And he'll feed it very well. And I'm talking out of my own life where I've seen this operate in my own life, where the enemy will introduce a thought and I will assume something. And then I'll only find out much later my assumption was very wrong. But the problem is, when I get to the place where I find out I'm wrong, it's often too late for the relationship. Because you start to treat your brother and your sister with a distance. Who is that operating? God? No. God is a unifier. Satan is a divider. Come on, are you, are you guys okay? And so because we have this assumption about, about people, the enemy puts us into the spiritual world because he understands that the whole world is first spirit then it comes into natural. Are you guys okay? Let me leave you with this thought. I feel the Holy Spirit says I, I must cut to, cut to our hearts. It's this.
Bible says in Proverbs 10 verse number 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. The Bible says, Proverbs 79, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. If Jesus is the standard, then all of us must repent. And my heart's desire is, as long as I've been serving the Lord, it's been this, Lord, trust me with more. Trust me with more. More of what? More of you. My greatest desire is, Lord, I want more of you. That's why through all the seasons, and I'm just being very brutally honest, I could hold on because I, I, my faith is always, Lord, trust me of more. And with that prayer comes with a price tag to it. But if Jesus is the standard, then all of us have to repent of carrying around stuff that we should have left with the Lord. When my mom was on the earth, she had a sentence. And this was a sentence. Give it to the Lord and let it go. I said, but I, I'm right. She said, it doesn't matter. Give it to the Lord and let it go. I said, but they were wrong. It doesn't matter, son. Give it to the Lord and let it go. I said, but why, why just give it... She said, just give it to the Lord. I said, but that's, it seems like the Lord doesn't intervene. She says, no, you're wrong. By you keeping the intervention, the Lord cannot intervene. So stop intervening that He can intervene. <laughs> give it to the Lord. It's such simple advice. But give it to the Lord. And let it go. And you be free. You'll be free. There are people, and I'll close with this, and I want to I call people, and I want you to respond online as well, because there'll be many tonight. If Jesus is the standard, we have to correct our hearts through the Spirit of the Lord. If Jesus hangs and He has the ability to remove Himself of that pain, He has the ability to kill everybody that's in front of Him. He has the ability to call upon 12 legions of angels and they will come. If Jesus is the standard and yet accusation and condemnation does not come out of His mouth, then all of us must shift our hearts again to being soft and pliable in the hands of the Lord. Are you okay? I'll say this. Can I give you a real life story? My dad had a very close friend. It's not important who the friend is because my dad's no longer here. He's with the Lord now. 
but he had a, a very, very close friend. And this friend betrayed my dad multiple times. They had a very close relationship. And my dad was always the servant. He went always the lower way, always. And many times I would, I would be frustrated with him going low because he was more talented, more gifted, more everything. But he chose his low way the whole way. When my dad went to be with the Lord, he went with the glory. The cloud of God came to fetch my father. It's true. The Spirit of the Lord was present. The angels were present. The, the, the whole house was, was in a golden hue when my dad went to be with the Lord. But I saw this friend the other day and his friend looked dull, dead eyes and lost. And I thought to myself, what has happened? And my heart didn't go into judgment. My heart went to compassion. And I thought to myself, what could have been if you just checked your heart? But you didn't. And you gave yourself away little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit until such a place that you started to approve what he disapproved of. But you got away of it because you had a gift. And you thought by him being the gift working for you that God is approving where God left and the gift was just working. May we never reach a place where the Lord has walked out and we are still operating in the name of God. Back to my vision. There are many Christians, I tell you, this door that I see, they're going to be with the Lord. And it's a fear of mine that I say, Lord, Lord, I want to fear your holy name. Lord, may I be counted in worthy to be counted as a son and a, a son in your name. That my name might be written in your book of life. I don't want to live a life that is broad and that I can't control my heart and I can't control my flesh and I can't control my disappointments. No, Lord, I want to take all of these things and even when I feel overwhelmed, I'll take my heart to the rock that is higher than I. Because narrow is the way and a few will find it. Are you there? And so tonight's message is meant by the Lord, I, I gave you this message under instruction so that it may cut into your heart. So that you can let it go. Let it go. And see your own value enough to have compassion and let it go. Don't make the Judas mistake. Don't be in the company, but you never shift. Are you there? Come on, guys, are you there? And by the way, I'm preaching this as much to myself as to you. Because constantly, I'll say this because it's true. On a daily basis, I'm checking myself. 
is the dove still with me? And you know what I find out? Can I just tell you? I'm finding out what makes the dove shift. It's not blatant, just blatant sin. You know what makes him shift? Attitude. Whenever I get an attitude in my heart, he shifts from me. Like yesterday, I'll, I'll use an example just so that I can drive it home. Yesterday, Shannon did something that she does always in a way that I don't like what, I like that, it irritates me a little bit. Are you there? And I found my heart starting to get irritated. And as my heart started to get irritated, I could feel the Holy Spirit lift. I could feel it. And immediately I made a choice. I said, that's not going to bother me. She can do it that way, it's fine. And what happened is the dove rested again. But not always I'm like that. Sometimes you just see pigeons flying. Because I lose it. Come on, who of you lose it sometimes? You're just like, you couldn't care. You throw cages, food, water, everything simultaneously. My invitation to you is tonight is Jesus is making an invitation to you. Carry more. Carry more of God. Carry less of you. What will it cost you? Humility. Humility. Wouldn't you be happy to gain eternity because of humility than to lose eternity because of pride? Are you there? I want to say something, but I don't know if I, if I can say it. As a, yeah, let me say it. As a senior pastor, I have the opportunity to, to get people that want to work for me and want to work for what we do and all these things. I can't tell you how many times I've simply said no because the attitude was arrogance. If the first engagement is arrogance, sorry, you can't work here. I don't want arrogant people. I'd rather work with a humble person that I teach than I work with the arrogant that think they know it all. No, then go. I don't have time for that. Rather come with a servant towel. Because the truth is, all of us that are no ones. Somebody risked Jesus on us. Will you risk Jesus on somebody else? Will you stop trying to fix them? Will you let the Lord do the work? I'll say that again. That's Holy Spirit. Will you stop trying to fix people? And let God fix His own people? Yeah, come on, let's give Jesus some praise.
And so what the Lord, I believe the invitation is very simple tonight. Got many people on here tonight. And many people here tonight. What the Lord wants from you is humility. Humility. And when you are humble, He comes to you. Come on, are you okay? Just humility. And so tonight, I believe the Spirit of the Lord just wants to touch hearts all across this auditorium. And He wants to shift you to a place of abundant life. How does He do it? By you posturing your heart. Are you there? When I was in the United States, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, and then I, I, want us, I want us to respond. When I had a meeting with a specific leader, my friend said to me, make sure your heart is postured correctly. I said, okay. And what she meant was, make sure your heart is low and hungry. Because I've discovered this, that if you are low and hungry, God will impart to you. Because He can trust the lowly. He doesn't trust the arrogant. Can we have more Christians with longer servants' towels? <sighs> okay, I need to stop. I want to I ask you to respond to the Lord tonight. And how I want, I want us to respond completely different tonight. I want us to, to respond and say, Lord, here am I. Work with me. You don't give Him your heart. You give your life away. And if there's any place that you got offended, or any place that you are bitter, or any place that you have unforgiveness, or any place that you feel is hard, you just let it go. But you allow the Lord to do it, not you. Because our striving produces more orphanages. Let's rest in the Lord and let's come home. So this is what I want us to do. As we sing this Lord, song again, come Lord Jesus, come. I want us just to come out of our seats and just come and stand. And it will be an open invitation to all of you. And tonight I'm not necessarily going to lay hands because the Holy Spirit wants to, because I can't change your heart. Jesus can. But He needs you to say yes to Him. And when you do, the Holy Spirit shapes that heart back to look like Jesus. Why must you do this? Answer, because the master is calling for you. How do we know? The hour is so late. Can't you hear the call? You must be deaf and dumb in the spirit not to hear the call of God. He's calling for his people.